0: Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now.
1: If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey, Epic Investor. It's Matt Terrio from Epic Real Estate, where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early. All you got to do is just one thing, one time. Shift your focus from making piles of cash to creating streams of cash and you are on your way. This is the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. If this is your first time here, really glad that you found us. Make yourself at home. If you you like what you hear, make sure that you hit the subscribe button before you go. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back. And thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. Really appreciate that about you. And uh, I've got a great guest joining us today. He is known as the nation's leading expert in the self-storage business. He's been the architect of dozens of extremely successful real estate transactions since he began his real estate career in 1993, and he's not afraid to talk about his losses either. They've been invaluable lessons in in every one of those, making him a very well-rounded investor in the area of what to do and what not to do, still actively investing and showing others how to do the same. Please help me. Welcome to the show, Mr. Scott Myers. Scott, welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me. Good to see you again. Likewise, likewise. So Scott, tell me, in quarantine, what does the self-storage business look like? What's, uh, what's business looking
0: like for you? Yeah, you know, um, I- interesting, Matt, we've, um, we've been preparing for, the, I mean, this will be my third recession and we've been preparing for this since really 2011 in, in the storage sector because we know that storage always does well. I mean, it, next to basically liquor uh, always does the best during a recession. <laughs> um, self-storage is always in the top five. And so we've been collecting our, our private equity partners and uh, really gearing up uh, for this. Uh, the problem is we didn't think, you know, like in 2008, The uh, economy was propped up by a, well, it was really a false economy in uh, in real estate. And uh, once Lehman Brothers fell, we immediately went into a recession. We thought, well, that'll never happen again. And uh, sure enough, this uh, little whatever red or blue spiky thing uh, that you see in our microscope um, caused us to go into a recession immediately. Uh, We went off the cliff again. And so we've been preparing for it, just didn't expect it to happen so fast. Uh, But now that we're in it, we, we don't celebrate recessions around here. Uh, but again, self storage does extremely well. Um, it does better during a recession because businesses downsize, individuals have uh, to downsize, and they move uh, in with each other or move back home, and that just uh, creates a need uh, for storage. And so, uh, again, recessions are no fun for anybody who are in the economy, but the self storage sector benefits uh, greatly. So we've uh, we're prepared. That's very good. So use the word the big R
1: word recession. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. What are you looking at? How do you know it's a recession or just not a, a temporary blip until we all recover and can stop our social distancing?
0: Yeah, I uh, well certainly uh, I'm not the first to to, to say this, um, but obviously we we follow lots of economists and and we follow about two or three of them very closely. And when the economy takes a hit and businesses are just you know flat out close, um, there's going to be a whole lot of folks that are are going to be able to go back to work when you know when we're free to do so from the pandemic. Um, But, you know, the economy is at a standstill right now. And and we've seen in the past that, you know, this thing never starts up the way that it stops. And so it's going to be slow. It's going to be clunky. um, It's going to be it changes everything. This changes everything. And we also know that it's all dependent upon consumer confidence. And there's a there's a whole lot of businesses that are just gone and decimated from the landscape. Whereas, you know, 2008 real estate got hit and then everybody else felt the pinch shortly after. Uh, right now, we have just got businesses' as income stream has uh, been cut off and, and and they are shut down. So I don't know. I don't pretend to have a, a crystal ball, and even if I did, I wouldn't know how to read it, anyways. But you know, on the, on the surface, from what I've seen and, and the people that I uh, look to, you know, this this one looks to be um, it could be more severe and last a little bit longer than than the last one. But time will tell. Yeah, it certainly will.
1: I've been looking at it. Even like when we first had the shutdown, I was like, people are not right. willing to, to stand for it. I mean, just this, this country is built to stay open. And I'm just like, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah, but I think that's a bad point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's like mm-hmm. um, we have a level of, I don't know, is the word entitlement the right word or the wrong word? I'm not sure, but just, you know, we have uh we have our freedoms and we have our liberties mm-hmm. and, and we um, take those maybe for granted sometimes, but when they're taken away, mm-hmm. I think uh, we just have the dynamic here that people aren't going to stand for. It. And you can see it as, as recently as just yesterday. People Mm -hmm. are taken to the streets, right? The protests. (laughs) And I'm really curious as to what that will mean as far Mm -hmm. as maybe a resurgence of the outbreak or, you know, will everyone kind
0: of expose it for what it is and not that big of a deal? I don't know. Yeah, uh, there's uh, going to be a couple of events that I uh, foresee that is going to, you know, cause some uh, either blips or long ranging recovery. And, and that is um if if there is a vaccine or something that looks to slow this down, not only will these restrictions be lifted, but then that'll give everybody the freedom to, you know, take their hand off the pause button and go back. Um, and whether that's a false sense of security or not, it doesn't matter. We know that recessions start because of consumer confidence and they end due to consumer confidence swinging in the opposite direction. And so um, it's going to take that before I think we really see some uh, major changes in this. Um, but again, that's just my take.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you, I think you're really, really uh, close. I mean, I think obviously the jobs and everything have an impact, but it really has to do with the, the behavior of the people, yeah. how they're going to act and behave when we come out of this. Mm hmm. Um, So with that said, is it, you know, you you saying that you're
0: prepared for it, is it going to have any impact or change the way that you're doing business now? Yeah. So, you know, currently, you know, this is obviously thrown a monkey wrench in in all types of businesses. Uh, The the good news is uh, for storage, you know, as I mentioned, you know, we we do have a rush um, to storage and we're going to see more of that coming, you know, time will tell in um, May and June. But um, as far as operations uh, right now, we're, we're staying open and same hours. We haven't, uh, we, we've got over 2 million square feet of self-storage, 13,000 units across the country. And we haven't reduced one hour of payroll mm-hmm. yet um, because we have a huge demand for self-storage right now. Mm-hmm. And we also have the, uh, the opportunity and the fact that there's only two states right now that are considering self-storage a, not a, a business that is uh, essential. Because of that reason, you know, we have been able to continue business uh, as usual. And um, so far in April, uh, from where we're sitting at the time of uh, this recording, we haven't had uh, any, any blips in our accounts receivable. You know, people still pay for their stuff. And, and there hasn't been any news or press stating that there's any relief for self-storage rents like there have been for mortgages and for apartments. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, we're, we're in pretty good shape operationally. Now, we've been uh, also, we, we know what happens in a recession. Businesses downsize, people downsize. And there are some folks that are ready to retire. They may be scared of a recession or it's time to get out. These are the owners of, of storage facilities. So the mom and pop owners, uh, they don't want to weather this. Um, or it came time for the novice investors that didn't build value into their facilities and they bought it at an 80 or 90% loan to value. Uh, and now it's time to refinance. And the banks um, you know, in a recession are only going to refinance at 65, 70, 75%. Well, if they didn't create value... They got to either come to the closing table with money or they have to come to the closing table with the keys and and hand it back and do a deed in lieu or worse. And so that's what we saw in 2008. And, um, you know, had we known ahead of time how many opportunities there would have been out there, we would have, you know, gathered a whole lot more private equity partners and lending relationships to take advantage of, you know, what we saw during that time. Well, we did, we saw, and now we are ready. And, you know, we are not here to take, again, uh, we don't like a recession. We don't like what's going on. We're not looking to take advantage of people. But when people are ready to sell or if they have to sell, we we are in a position in our industry to take advantage of the opportunity that the market is going to create. And, and we'll start seeing that very soon when we already are, as a matter of fact. We're seeing a, our mailers are getting a 22% bump in a response rate. And um, a lot of folks are coming to us that um, are now looking at seller financing where they weren't before. Mm-hmm. And uh, a whole lot of other project had some shortfalls and they're coming to us to be partners and, and to bring our private equity partners. So we're, uh, we're getting ready. Right. I actually was fortunate enough to collect probably about 80% of our rents
1: good. last month mm-hmm. um, for April. We'll see what may holds. but uh, you've been doing this for since 1993. So you've been in the game for a long time. You've been, th- been through three of these. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, this is a really good time for people that have been investing and in, say, 10 years or less is to align themselves with people that have been through this type of situation. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, gurus out there that just been doing this for a few years and they they know how to wholesale and that's about Mm -hmm. it. And, Mm and, uh, I'm really interested to see what happens there and what type of things they will be saying and, and where their actual information comes from, but nothing beats experience. Nothing beats good
0: old time honored wisdom. Uh, were you always in self storage or how did you start? You know, it started out in single family homes. I think, like most folks, um, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, Carlton Sheets was the first home study yeah. system I, uh, I ever purchased. So a little uh, sad note uh, earlier this year, but um, yeah, started buying a single family homes, renting them out, and the, and the idea was, yeah, uh, to follow that model and uh, buy and uh, rehab and um, put tenors in on a lease owned own program, and um, hopefully they buy, and if not, then uh, we keep the uh, the rental. Then we got mm-hmm. into apartments and. We were that side of the business, and so we had um, we, we weren 't very large players. we had about eighty houses and uh, about four hundred and twenty five apartment units and um, and then yeah, it was during uh, the the ninety nine two thousand the dot com recession um, when the then the community reinvestment act was put in place by that administration and it was the first time in history that just about anybody that could fog a mirror could buy a home and they did and who could blame them and so you know right. all our renters exited. And so we weathered that storm, but then realized that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I didn't really like tenants, toilets, trash. I didn't like the contractors and babysitting even property managers at our apartments and begin to look into self-storage because I realized even through all that, uh, the, through that recession, I just uh, you know, you looked at the business model and the economy and, and it all kind of pointed back to the business model with tenants. And so no matter how good the cook was, the recipe was bad in my book. So we went and began to look into self-storage and when people um, don't pay, we, we overlock their units and they can't get their stuff out until they pay us. And if they don't pay us, then after 90 days, we sell their stuff off and we we'll recoup our money. And I thought, well, now that's the way it should be. <laughs> and so the more I looked into the business, uh, the more I liked the numbers and, and looked uh, back historically as to how well storage does during a boom time when people buy stuff and they need to store more stuff. Um and we're a nation of pack rats. But more importantly, you know, you know, which is pertinent to the timing of where we are now, is that self-storage actually does better during a recession than it does during a boom time. And so that caught my attention. So I began uh, investing in self-storage facilities. And um, yeah, so here we are. Uh, 2005 is when I got into self-storage and we sold off uh, all our houses and our apartments and uh, went into full bore into self-storage and uh, never looked back. And then created our education company as you mentioned as well and now we teach people how to do the business and we partner with them as well that's awesome the uh one of my favorite tv shows is storage wars yeah <laughs> have they ever filmed at yeah. one of your facilities you know they have not but i've got some uh, some clients and some business associates uh that uh that have had the benefit of uh, those folks uh, coming on site and uh, and filming the show <laughs> that's great so you get to sell their stuff what's the uh What's the coolest thing you ever found doing that? Gosh, you know what? It was in a facility that we bought, um, but it was prior to us um, owning it. And um, the the rumor has it that, um, you know, the, the folks that owned it, like two owners ago, um, they, they had a unit that they were, you're able to buy those units as an owner. You can bid on it or, um, on your own if you want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did and they and they won this unit and it had a coin collection in it that was um, estimated to be valued over a million dollars. And so that was one of the, you know, the real ones. As far as interesting things, um, we had some facilities that are over by the, uh, um, you know, I live in Indianapolis and so over in Brownsburg, Indiana is where all the NHRA teams are. And uh, one of the units that came up was, uh, basically overflow. I mean, we could see the NHRA, you know, funny car and, and, um, drag racing park right across the street from us. And one of the units had a bunch of engines and, and, and parts in it from race cars and, uh, that, uh, we opened it up and saw that, and, uh, I didn't have enough money to buy it. <laughs> Somebody else got it, but they got, they got a good deal on some really fun stuff. So for us race fans, uh, yeah, that was a, a good one. So uh, a couple of interesting stories here and there, but, um, it's not, not as interesting as the shows, um, but uh, I don't want to burst your bubble. Uh, uh, not everything you see on the show is uh, is, is real life, which, I uh, you know, reality TV isn't always real. <laughs> I thought you might say that. You yeah, that's right. Planted stuff on there and da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I bet you get that question all the time, though, right? I get that question all the time. And, that, you know, <laughs> it's whenever, when somebody asks me what, what business I'm in, I, you know, I tell you, man, I, I need to come up with something better because then that's what I always get next is, you know, if I'm on the soccer sidelines, you know, ask mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And what kind of business i'm in i'll tell them that. i said oh so you, you buy those units and you sell all the stuff on ebay as no no i own, I own <laughs> the, the facilities <laughs> I say, oh i get it that's great
1: hey you know you said um this is what i'm curious about uh, you said mm-hmm. that uh, your direct mail has gotten a, a, a nice little bump yeah um so do you market for self-storage units in the exact same way that you market for single families
0: yeah, we really do. Um, you know, we create, uh, it's commercial real estate. So we create relationships with the commercial brokers. And there's uh, many of the, the big brokerage houses, CB Richard Ellis and Marcus and Millichap, though They have a self-storage arm. And so, you know, we, we, we network with those folks and small business brokers because these mom and pops sell them through the small business brokerage network. But at the end of the day, you know, they're our partners, um, but we really want to beat them to the punch. And so, yeah, we, we have direct mail that we send out to the owners and, and the letter even states, you know, hey, call us before you call a broker and, you know, save yourself the commissions and so, um yeah, we do have campaigns um sometimes uh, very active and other times not um, as soon as we buy a facility to market, then we double down and, and try to buy others to get economies of scale from a management and marketing perspective. Um, but, yeah, just recently, uh, I think we finally have seen, so uh, perhaps like yourself um, in, in the apartment world, that, you know, these, the, these owners that, you know, continue to hold out for whatever reason, either for a higher valuation or maybe just timing, that they started to get scared. And now they thought, oh, I don't want to write another one of these out. And um, for, you know, any, any of the reservations they had in the past are now gone. And so they're, now they're starting to call. And, um, saying, yeah, I think we're ready to talk. And, um, uh, so yeah, we've seen a big uh, uptick and, uh, I didn't expect that because I thought all the low hanging fruit was gone, but uh, lo and behold, yeah, we got out, uh, the phones are ringing again, which is good. Yeah. You know, it's one thing I kind <laughs> of recognized or, you know, you hear about all the time that,
1: you know, Americans are just, you know, one paycheck away from being homeless. And, and, uh, I've heard that stat forever and, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was true or not how did they know, but, um, it's kind of revealing itself a little bit. People are, we had three deals, like just from the day that our state was shut down, we had three deals just fall on our lap. Hey, can you help me find a buyer? I got to get rid of it. Like the panic was just like, it is, you
0: know? Well, uh, I think uh, one of the other stats I heard was that um, most small businesses, or I think the average small business has uh, 27 days worth of savings so they can weather the storm. And so, You know here we are thirty days into it, and and the business um, shutdowns closings are astronomical, uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I think that's yeah.
1: true my wife she 's in an entrepreneur mastermind group mm-hmm. and there's uh, a few restaurant owners in her group mm. and uh boy i don 't even think they had twenty seven days I think they had like no. seven yeah it's, it really- was amazing how thin their 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 yeah. profitability and how mm-hmm. they're just so dependent on on the next weekend 's dinner yeah. service. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So let's see if there were a risk in your business or in the future, what would it be and how are you preparing for it?
0: Well you know this this one did catch us out. Um, we had some development projects um, in the works you know we, we buy existing facilities and uh, we try to buy ones that are value add where they also have a development component where we can add more buildings to it that 's the safest and the cleanest and the easiest to finance. but we also have development projects and you know, during a, a recession, we know that you know banks always you know they, they hit the pause button you know and they hold their breath right. until you know the, they, everything shakes out a little bit and so we had some of those projects that we had to wind down and we did hit the pause button. Um, we didn 't lose too much money and, and i don 't think really any if these things uh, start back up again, but that 's kind of the biggest threat if uh, I think in the industry if there 's folks that are nothing but developers and there 's a lot of folks that are merchant developers they don 't own or operate anything you know they 're just they build for folks like us to buy uh, them from, and those folks got really caught out, and so there 's some of those folks in our industry that uh, that didn 't do so well but you know, I think we, as we've seen the last time, you know, these folks that they didn't, you know, they bought it as a hobby and they heard self-storage was easy and it was a set it, forget it business. And if they're not minding the store and creating value when it comes time to renew that debt um, at uh, not so favorable terms, then those are the ones that get caught out. So, you know, all in all, it, it, it's the same, Matt. It's, you know, mm-hmm. if people don't do their, their due diligence going into a a project, no different than a mutual fund. or stock or a house or apartment and, you know, they don't dig into, you know, what could be the potential threats um, and then they buy it and then they, you know, take their hands off the wheel and just expect it to perform, you know, the ones who treat it like a hobby and don't walk the four corners of the business, you know, those are the gotchas. I mean, if if you know your stuff, you do your due diligence, you don't, uh, brokers are great we uh, not that we don't trust brokers but you don't trust the broker numbers because they only come from the seller and and that's yep. another area where i see so many people get in trouble so it's just it's just good business you know it, it's the basics it's a whole lot of it you know it's a, maybe a hundred of the basics but you just kind of you just got to walk through that step by step
1: yep uh yeah, i've always said uh Passive income doesn't mean uninvolved income. Yeah. Yeah. right. There's no such thing as mailbox money in this business. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly um, put multiple uh, forms of leverage in place to make it a whole lot easier on yourself, but, but you got to watch it. You can't take your eye off it. Right. Um, totally agree. So you might've just said, you might've just um, answered my next question, but, uh, you know, you being in the business for almost 30 years now, Mm -hmm. uh, not that amazing when we start talking in decades? Yeah, already? it is. You really make me feel old. don't say that again, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why you're here though. Yeah. Um, so as you've gone through a few of these downturns, what's the biggest mistake that you see people make
0: during this time? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, businesses in general, I, I think they, they do get scared. And, yes, you have to look at the P&L and, and, and eliminate anything. And, and isn't it interesting also, Matt, that we don't do this ahead of time? Why does it always take something like this to, to force us right. to do the things we should have done anyways? But uh, in in their slashing and slicing, they slice their marketing, you know, or their salespeople, you know, depending upon the, the business. And that is the absolute wrong time, especially when marketing is so, is so cheap. So you, you got to keep income coming in and that only happens with marketing and, and good salespeople. So I, I think that's one of them. Um, and then, you know, as people get a little further into it and, and if, you know, perhaps they're on the ropes, not communicating with uh, lenders or equity partners, you know, the debt partners or whoever that is, and, and see if there is some type of a workout or a pause or a way that we can, you know, handle this differently. You know, they just, they, they hide, they bury their head in the sand and expect it all to, to happen or they're embarrassed and, and, and they don't, yep. you know, dig in. Um, it, We've heard this a lot on probably other podcasts and articles. Um, you know, we got two choices right now, and that, that that's to fight or or flight. You know, or just you know which it really means just kind of rolling over and, and let the economy do what it's going to do to you, and right. take it and say, oh well, you know, we're all in this uh, together. It looks like everybody's failing, um, and I refuse to do that. And, and isn't it unfortunate because I've seen so many times where people, if they would have just if they would have dug in, made the right moves. Um, you know, stood up, put their shoulders back and, you know, get up a little earlier in the morning and communicate with everybody and figure it out piece by piece, they, they wouldn't have had to lose their business or lose some properties. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's probably the overarching answer. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, but um, there's, there's people that have lost properties or businesses that didn't really have to if they would have just, you know, stood up and fought for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You said uh, if they make the right moves. What's the right move right now? Well, that depends on, the, on each business. I think uh, the right move is um, if there's an area of your business, um, and probably the most important is is your P&L. You know, if you've got multiple properties um, or even one property and you haven't took a, taken a good, strong look at your P&L and now forecast what lending is going to look like. And if you've got to restructure your debt somehow, some way in the near future, um, project that out. What does that look like? And are you, are you going to weather the storm? Um, And then, you know, there's a whole lot of things uh, after that. But I think that that's the main thing because there are, unfortunately, as you know, there's a lot of business owners out there and folks that are in real estate that they, the numbers scare them. You know, I'll just keep doing deal after deal and and the pile of cash comes in and somebody else takes care of that. My wife, my bookkeeper, you know, whoever that is. Uh, But they need to take a step back and take a look at their business and understand exactly what it looks like right now. And um, if it can weather this storm and, and then, you know, determine on their own, you know, what are the shortfalls? Is it an income issue? Is it an expense issue? Is it both? I mean, all, all are on the table right now to take a look at, but I think, you know, know thy numbers. Um, You you just, you have to know the numbers. Yeah. I, uh, as they say,
1: all progress begins with the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Getting clear with where you are, even Mm -hmm. if it's painful. Yeah. What's um, your baseline? Yep. Totally. And I think uh, another thing you said is really important. And we've actually done this over here as well is being proactive with the communication yep. of the people mm-hmm. that depend on you, yep. you know, whether that's your employee or a vendor or, you know, your own landlord or, mm-hmm. you know, just anyone that's depending on you for something yeah. just get in communication. As soon as you know something we've gone through, you know, everybody like that made those yeah. phone calls and saying mm-hmm. that, uh, Hey, we're cool right now. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see how it plays out May 1st. We might have to have an uncomfortable conversation then Correct. based yeah. on what we hear because the news yep. changes like by mm-hmm. the day.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: who knows what we're going to be even, you know, we're just yeah. halfway, as we're recording this, we're only halfway through April. So who knows what mm-hmm. happens in the next two weeks? Yeah. We just had our first death, what, you know, not even, what, 45 days ago? Was it March yeah. 1st?
0: Yeah. So go ready, figure. Wow.
1: In mm-hmm. 45 days. Look what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: Who knows what happens in the next two weeks? Mm-hmm. But this is great. We've never had anybody on Scott that uh, talks about self storage. That we're pretty much a single family type uh, mm-hmm. focus here. But uh, I like all real estate. I think it's a, a great place. To I think it's the best place.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Well, it's frontier. an honor to be the first. Thank you very much. Yes,
1: thank you. And I'm sure we've piqued some people's interest in. How does mm-hmm. this work? What is that? That sounds pretty good. No tenants. I just have to, and I get to buy stuff
0: when people default,
1: they <laughs> yeah. get to raid their lockers. No, but uh, if they wanted to learn more about it and learn more about you, what would be the, the best way for them to do that?
0: Yeah. Best thing, uh, all things uh, self-storage is to go over to selfstorageinvesting.com. That's selfstorageinvesting.com. And uh, we also set up a, a, another URL, selfstorageinvesting.com forward slash Matt. And uh, we've got a downloadable PDF of uh, the seven mistakes that investors uh, make when getting into self-storage. And so um, along the same line of questioning that we just had, uh, we are here to make sure that people don't make the mistake and assume that it is an easy business and not do the due diligence. And so, you know, we cover those top seven. So if somebody is interested in going out and um, dipping their toe in the water and self-storage during this time, that uh, they don't make a mistake before they do so. So that's, uh, that's my gift for your folks today. Awesome.
1: Forward slash Matt.
0: Yep. With two T's? You got it.
1: All right. Well, that's a pleasant surprise. I didn't know you were going to do that, so thank you very much. My pleasure. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, check in and, and uh, talk about this again before the end of the year. Sound good?
0: Yeah, fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. Good catching up again. Yeah, likewise. Take care. You too.
1: Uh huh. So if you found this episode valuable, um, there's a good chance that you know someone else who might find it as valuable as well. And uh, if that name comes to mind, if you think about it, share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here. I'll take great care of them. Alrighty, that's it for today. God loves you and so do I. Peace, health, blessings and success to you. I'm Matt Theriault, living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash
0: flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow.